What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Frameskip Podcast. I am one of your hosts for the evening, Elijah Seal, and with me is George Loftus. Hey, I'm still thinking about Top Gun, are you? Yeah, I am always thinking about Top Gun. I literally was, what was, I was thinking about something Top Gun today, I don't remember what it is. Oh, I read, I read like two articles today about how it's doing crazy good, it's setting all these records, and it's going to pass a billion soon. Oh, and the other one was Paramount doesn't know a date when they're going to put it on streaming yet because it's still doing incredibly good in theaters. And I yeah, can't blame I've, them. I pre-ordered the 4K already. Same. And uh, it's weird, man. It's really weird because it's like that movie is just like straight up propaganda, right? Like there's there's Absolutely. no two, no no two ways about it. Nope. nope, it is. But there's no danger if you know it's propaganda, right? Like, yeah. So I, I don't know how guilty I should feel enjoying that movie as much as I do, but also when was the last time, like a non comic book movie passed a billion, right? Like star Wars force awakens crossed a billion. I think all of the star Wars crossed a billion. Actually, actually. um, like it was fast and the furious, right? So no, because, and I was just listening to, uh, kind of funny's, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in review. Mm-hmm. And they said after Fallen Kingdom, uh, only four movies have passed that in size, uh, like in amount of money made. And Fallen Kingdom hit 1.3 billion. Okay. And the movies were Spider Man, uh, Endgame. Frozen 2 and The Lion King. And The Lion King was like we didn't need it, you know? Like that's my that's my big thing about The Lion King is that like it was I I haven't seen it and honestly, I'm okay if I don't. It was it was exact beat for beat the animated movie, you know, like there were yeah. some funnier things like Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner as Timon and Pumbaa. Awesome. I think it was yeah. Donald Glover, I think he was the voice of Simba. He was great. You know, but besides that, it's like, do we need this? Yeah, probably. Probably not. Yeah, no. But yeah, those two have hit over one billion in uh, since 2018 or a little before. Yeah, yeah. Since 2018. That's different, though. Like uh, Jurassic Park's different, right? Because there's been like one movie every like five to six years for the last 30 years. So it's always like, you know, poked and prodded audiences to be like, hey, you remember us? We're still around. You remember us? It's been 30 something years since the first oh, yeah. top. Oh, done. God, yes. And, and that's kind of uh, like last week you mentioned, was there too much nostalgia in it? And it got me thinking, how many people are going to go see this movie without knowing? Because if you go, it's not like uh, in the trailers, it's like the sequel to the hit 80s movie or anything. People are going to go thinking, oh, it's a fighter jet movie. Like people who just don't know or that like younger people, maybe like in their early 20s or that. Yeah. So they kind of had to do some of that. Otherwise, like the sections where it was showing like Goose and him, it made it much easier to understand how close exactly how close they were to people who never saw the original. Yeah, I guess I just like when I was talking about that, I'm just like, did we see too many like scenes ripped out of the original, you know? Yeah. 
Like also, could, they have, could they have done a better job of showing and not telling in that regard? Yeah. Also, if the movie was, if the sequel was five years after, they'd be like, yeah, way too much. If it was 10 years after, way too much. This is 36 years. This is a grown adult's age after the original. So, like, I'm giving them a little leeway on that one. Yeah, but also, I don't know, like, Die Hard 4 came out, like, 12 years, 14 years after the third one, right? So it's like, well, certain movies, I think, can get away with it. I think Top Gun probably could have done a better job of, like, even, even if it was just, like, him looking stoically over like like a photo of her like i would have rather seen that than just like the actual flash like i just thought it was lazy compared to the rest of the storytelling which was incredible you know like they they went so far out of their way to make everything else so like epic and awesome and then they like literally just did like previously on top gun for those scenes i just heard in tom cruise's voice previously on top gun you're welcome. And I kind of wish that happened now. You're, well, you're welcome for planting that seed in there. I mean, we basically we got Jag. We got seven yeah. seasons of Jag. That's basically Top Gun 2. But George, how are you doing this week? What have you been up to and playing? <sighs> I'm good. I think I'm emotionally recovered from watching my basketball team lose in the finals. I mean, as as much as I can be. Uh, without alcohol, as soon as I like have a glass of wine, I'm just gonna be thinking about the title that got away. That's fair. But besides that, I've been good. Uh, still eating healthy, losing weight, feeling great. Been watching seasons of Dragon Ball Z that I've never seen before. Getting deep into the Boo Saga. Oh, nice. Yeah, never seen it. And neither have I. And I, I've owned the Boo Saga for years. I've been just putting it on in the background. It's really nice. The Blu-rays have like the marathon feature that the old DVDs had. So it's just, you know, they cut out the previously on Dragon Balls. Oh my gosh, you're right. I forgot about that. And so it just goes from episode to episode to episode. But like the narration doesn't make sense. They didn't cut that out like for the teasing, <laughs> you know, like they'll be like, and what about Vegeta? What happens to him? And then it immediately cuts into the next episode and we find out exactly what happens to Vegeta. Uh, it's good, though. It's super fun. I'm, I'm preparing. I'm going to jump into Super when I'm done with this. Ooh, very nice. I've never seen Super either. I think it's I've, I've seen done? three of the I, movies. Yeah, I've seen Battle of the Gods. I that's the only one I've seen recently. I've yeah, because I've seen Battle of the Gods, Revent, Resurrection F or something. Resurrection F, yeah, and Broly. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those. I watched the original Broly movie. The original Broly movie is better than I remember, but it's still not very good. This new one is actually super good. Oh, man, the original Dra- Dragon Ball Z movies were so hit or miss. It's kind of funny. Like they would come out like once a year, twice a year, like every like six months or so. There would just be like basically just like an extended two part episode. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Dead Zone. De- oh, the first three. Yeah. Earth, Earth Strongest. Yeah. Earth Strongest. Earth's Mightiest. Like the first three movies. I, I would say it's like Earth Strongest was uh, Tree of Might. Tree of Might and the Dead and, Zone. Yeah. Dead Zone. I love Dead Zone because all of Garlic Jr.'s henchmen are named after snacks. Yeah, different spices. Yeah, pepperoni. To, or oh yeah, they were named after the spices, but they're like upgrades. Was they yelled like pepperoni, uh, tutti frutti? Oh, what were the other? It, they, like you just have the one pepperoni, and he like powers up, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm in. Oh, that's right. That was the movie. And then in the TV show for the Garlic Saga, the Garlic Junior yeah. Saga, that's when they were named after different. Yeah, I had the entire Garlic Junior Saga recorded on a VHS. That stuff was so good. 
Well, that was like the easiest one to collect too, because that it was, was like a episode. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was like, oh, I could actually afford to buy those at Suncoast Video. Yeah, let. Oh, uh, I think it was like a New Year's Eve or something. The one night they just showed the entire Garlic Junior saga, and I put a tape in, was just like, and record, and just let it go until the t- tape shut off. Yeah, that was, that was me and Endless Waltz. What a day! What a day. George, what have you been playing? I've been playing two games. I'm going to talk about the game I'm a little less high on first. I've been playing uh, Uncharted. Is it Lost Legacy? The one where you play as Chloe? Yes, that's the yes. One. I've been playing, been playing that. I'm in a race with a buddy to see who can get that platinum first. And I really like it so far. It's pretty. I like that they found a way to give you Uncharted gameplay that wasn't centered around Nathan Drake. I agree. I think that's great. Um, are you a Chloe or Elena guy? Chloe. Yeah, Chloe, hands down. I will say, having recently played like the original three, I don't really like the way Uncharted 4 or Lost Legacy like feels. I think it, they got like too realistic. And I think the second it stopped being like an arcadey shooter with per, quote unquote precision platforming, mm-hmm. they just kind of made the game less fun. And it's like, oh, congrats. You made it like way more of a real experience. It's not better. You know, <laughs> um, I feel like Uncharted one through three felt more like you were playing an action movie and Uncharted four and Lost Lakes. You're like, well, you're playing a story. Yeah, that I, I like the action movie aspect of it. Yeah, that or like a gritty reboot, you know, like yeah. it's, a, it's a difference. Like Logan's like a good movie, but like, I don't know if Logan would make like a really interesting video game, you know, like just like playing like, yeah. oh, like, oh, your character can't run because he's old and because his Achilles isn't healing the way it used to. I'm like, that's actually kind of not how I want to play my Wolverine. Uh, I kind of want him to be able to like jump 20 feet on top of a Sentinel, if you don't mind. And I feel like just in trying to be more realistic, they made it less fun. But like the game is gorgeous. The story is enthralling, like the the acting and all that stuff is incredible. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. But uh, that game is not the best game I've played this week. Oh, what is Be- best game I've played this week? It's a little early to say it's my game of the year, but it's definitely in my top five. I know that much. TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Oh, I've heard a lot about this. I'm not a big beat em up guy. Uh, that was never like my genre growing up. I was a big TMNT kid, had a couple VHS tapes that I wore down to absolute nothingness. Loved watching the show. I remember like the show not being on at the same time anymore and just like not understanding why. And so that was like my first real exposure to, uh, you know, like cancellations and I, I guess sadness. We can just call it that. I was like three or four. This game is like everything I want a video game to be, buddy. It is loud. It is pretty. It is colorful. And it is so fast. Then that is my favorite thing about it. There's literally one attack button. And that's just square on on PlayStation, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have a four hit combo that fills up your special meter and then you can unload your special. And that's basically it. I've only played the story mode so far where there's like an overworld, not unlike old like Super Mario 3. And you're just navigating the city and you're fighting all these different bosses. Each level is like five minutes, maybe less if you're good at the game. I'm not particularly good. 
and it culminates in like a boss fight. And I think the hit detection is like probably like a little cheap, not even for the bosses, but for you rather. Like, I think you get hit a little too easily. I think you get hit a little too hard. But like I said, I'm not very good at these games. So what do I know? <laughs> I just know I, I feel like I get knocked down quite a bit and I don't always understand why. It's so much fun, dude. And it's like seven player co-op. Right. Because you got the six, four th- six, six, but there's seven characters. That's a that's an oversight. So they make it that way because since you cannot be the same character twice, mm-hmm. like there can't be two Raphaels or anything. So just the more characters they have, the better. And they they do six to begin with, and then the one unlockable later. That way, right from the get go, you can do six player co op from the moment. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I'm concerned. I don't have six friends who want to play this game with me, so like, it's not not that big of a deal. Um, but d- dude, it's just so much fun. Like I was playing earlier tonight. Everything is like really well organized in the game. The trophies are so, some are going to be hard. Not going to lie. Uh, I think there's one trophy for like defeating Super Shredder without being hit, which just like seems impossible to me. I have no idea how you're supposed to do that. Yeah, and like I I I play a lot of I'm not going to say a lot, but a good few beat 'em ups, and I just don't understand. No, I don't. I no. <laughs> yeah, that's not really my speed. Uh, great game though. I I cannot recommend it enough, and I think it's on Game Pass. It is cool. If not, it was just so nice playing like twenty bucks for like a full experience game that was just chock full of references that I I got some that I didn't, but it was just fun. It was really lighthearted. Like you can be down health, and then you can actually just go up and high five someone, and like you know they lose two health, but you gain two health. Like when someone gets knocked down. You got 10 seconds to revive them. Then someone like comes up and pulls out a slice of pizza and then feeds them the slice of pizza. And like, that's what brings them back. I heard about that. And that's awesome. You get little taunts you can do. that can like charge your super. And it's like Donatello's is just like turning away saying in a minute. And he's just like playing like the weird Game Boy device that he made in the game, like the ga- weird Game Boy knockoff. That's great. You know, it's just little things like that where it's just super fun. And God, it's just everything I want it to be. So those are those are my two games. I I I want to get the physical for Shredder's Revenge. Oh yeah. But there's no date for it yet. Yeah, placeholder is December 31st, right? Uh August 31st. Last oh, on, I saw. On Amazon it was uh December 31st, I saw. See, that makes it even worse because on Amazon December 31st, on Best Buy August 31st, meaning who knows? No one knows. Yeah. Yeah. And it's up on uh limited run. So mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah, I assume the copies from Amazon would be like the limited run copies, right? Uh is that how that works? Because like Job Simulator is like a limited run game on PS4, but like that was like so I Job Simulator wasn't limited run. It wasn't. No. It was just a very limited fr- print run. I have Job Simulator. It's worth a ton. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a limited run game. I feel like I've seen limited run published games at so Best Buy. You will only switch for versions. They gotcha. only carry uh Best Buy only has switch versions of the games. Amazon is getting uh like I think like all versions. Gotcha. I think. Uh but yeah, it's I, I wanna get I, I'd love to play it. It honestly, if the physical was out right now, I get paid Friday, I would pick it up. That's no, super good. Worth worth every penny. Um, I will say the one thing that it's really teaching me, though, is like how 
clunky and stupid the PlayStation 5 UI still is. <laughs> like, just trying to, like, find a friend to play with. I was trying to, like, message my buddy Colin. And I was just like, oh, I don't see him online. Like, I'll just send him a message. And it took forever to find, like, the way it's organized is, like, the last person online PSN. Like, even then, like, I went down to, like, five months ago was, like, their last check. And I'm like, well, I know for a fact I played with him on Friday. So, like, I, I know, <laughs> like, this isn't organized correctly. And then I went up to, like, search for a friend that I kept trying to search, like, his real name. Nothing came up. And then I tried searching his PSN name. And I got, like, halfway. I'm like, how are you not bringing up, like, my friend first? Like, why are you bringing up, like, random people I could add as a friend? Like, it's just not very intuitive. And there's one thing. I don't know if you have a... You don't have an iPhone, do you? I don't, but I have an iPod. Okay. There's, like, an Apple TV function where, like, if you go to a single search bar on your Apple TV, you'll get a prompt on your phone saying, like, do you want to just type it here? I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. I just want to, like, type it into my phone and, like, search that way. Incredibly fast, incredibly seamless, incredibly smooth. I just wish there was a way to like integrate that a little bit to uh, to PlayStation just to make things move a little faster. Yeah, I agree with that. That would make it just so much nicer, so much easier to work with. Yeah. I hate typing on PlayStation. <sighs> I yeah. love PlayStation, but yeah, there are some things about it, like you said, where it's just. Mm, mm, why is why no. is partying up such a pain in the butt? Like, why? Why? Why is it this difficult? Come on. I have had a PlayStation 5 since the day it came out, and I still go in. I'm like, wait, is this how I do it? I forget. Yeah, they, Why? Uh, they updated it, I want to say, like, last December, and they made it, like, 20% better than it used to be, but that's still, like, not where we should be, I feel, yeah. personally. Um, but, yeah, just some things unnoticed. So, as for me, I have played three games i beat one which Ooh. is uh as was announced last monday the ps5 versions of resident evil 7 resident evil 2 and resident evil 3 remakes uh are out on the current gen consoles the ps5 and the xbox series and i have been playing the ps5 version of resident evil 7 which is my number seven favorite game of all time and as of about an hour before right now, I have the Platinum in Resident Evil 7. So here's the fun quote unquote thing. It does auto pop trophies. But I saw some a bunch of people saying, hey, it auto pops all but these ones. I'm like, all right, I can do that. A lot of them are just like, do this thing in the game which you can do really fast so I bring in my save and it auto pops 19 trophies now keep in mind I mean 19 of the 63 spanning the game and all the DLC mm -hmm. the actual game itself it popped 6 trophies out of I think it's 40 or 39 it popped 6 so it it acknowledged that I beat the game on Madhouse, the hardest difficulty and everything. And when I went in, it had all the unlockables from when I unlocked everything on the PS4 version. But I had to like re-unlock all the trophies, recollect all the files, all the coins on easy and normal, all the coins on Madhouse. Yep. Which oh no, I, I had to play my favorite. That's the part. Okay, that that's the part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like with with certain games like that, like it's really cool. 
that I could just put in Spider-Man, download my save, and just get a platinum, right? Yeah. But doesn't that rob me of replaying Spider-Man? I I like when games do it because it gives me the option. Okay, so Ghost of Tsushima, I beat it, and at the end I'm like, this game isn't that good. And well, that's one opinion, but not right. And I was already close enough. I'm like, I might as well just go for the stuff for the platinum because I can like pop in a movie and do it. So it's not like I'm like wasting my time on this game because I'll be spending more time paying attention to the movie, etc. And then the PS5 version came out and I'm like, okay. And it auto popped like all but one trophy. I'm like, okay. I just have to play the game for five minutes, take a photo, and ping platinum. I like when that happens. But when it's a game that like Resident Evil, I'm like, I will gladly play this game over and over and over and over again. So I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I the biggest thing for me is there was no uniformity in the trophy pops. Because not like I said, not all of them popped and not all of them popped that other people said. And that was the big thing for me. So like it's just random trophies are popping. That That's just really weird to me. It's pretty funny, though. I mean, like, you, you're you not mad because you got to replay no. it. No, and, and, and um, that's, that's just it. Like, I absolutely love the game, so... I, re- I respect that more than just, like, the straight auto-pop trophy, though. Like, I... Do you think there should be, like, sh- like an asterisk or something? Like, a shadow platinum? If it was just a pop platinum? Because, like, I understand, like, in the amount... Uh, like, you know, the time between trophies, that's, like, how you can figure out yeah. how it happened. But I think there should there be something like a little bit more prominently displayed to let people See, know that this was an autopop. I part of me wants to say yes, but also part of me wants to say no. Uh, big example. So I'm playing through, and I'm not really going to talk about this this week and wait until I beat it. But I've been playing through Death Stranding on PS5. I just restarted the game, blah blah. blah. But if I would have uploaded my PS4 save data, I was on chapter five. So like. It auto pop. It would have auto popped like twenty five trophies for me. But I'm playing through most of the game on the PS5 version, so like, I I I don't want it to penalize me for being like, hey, I've done all this once and I'm just upgrading it to play through this new one. But also, it's like if it's a, I think, uh, auto pop platinums if they were to penalize someone would be the same penalty you'd get for platinums. Like the ones that you can get in like 15 seconds by like booting up a game, pressing three buttons and boom, pop. Yeah. I've been trying to really stay away from BS platinums. I think last year I got like three. It was like 36 fragments of midnight, but like that one ended up being like, kind of challenging for me i'm not like very good at platformers (laughs) so i have the platinum on the ps4 version i don't have the platinum on the vita one yet i don't think because i've been i was having trouble and even if i do have the platinum now it took me a while to get it yeah so no i get that even i've kind of dumbed down with that i i still do it occasionally because like i'm playing through sakura succubus 2 which is like a two-hour visual novel but at the same time, I don't consider that the same thing because you can do it super fast and get the platinum in like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I'm choosing to actually read through and play the entire game. Right. 
Hey, man, sometimes you want like a gourmet, you know, Angus beef burger. Sometimes you want a crappy double cheeseburger from McDonald's, you know. Sometimes exactly. nothing will hit the spot except for a McDouble. Exactly. And speaking of hitting the spot, not only have I been playing Resident Evil 7, there's another horror game that I've been playing. I'm about halfway through it, and I'm saving it for on streams, which has killed me because ever since I played it on Sunday, all I've wanted to do is pop this game in. And it's called Tormented Souls. Mm-hmm. Published by P-Cube and developed by Dual Effect Games, this kind of harkens back to the old days of the original Resident Evils and Silent Hills to the point where there are two control schemes on at all times. You can choose how you want to do it. And by that, I mean, if you use the analog stick, you'll move like any other normal game right now. But you can use the D-pad to use tank controls. Okay. We're like, it doesn't need to be there. But also it is, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. At, no, at no point do you need to use it. the uh, trophy list for the Resident Evil remake, the original Resident Evil. There is a trophy for beating the entire game playing in tank controls. In Torment Souls, it's just like, it's there. You can use it if you want. If you don't want to, it's okay, too. You, plat, platinum? No, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. It's fun. But I'm really, really liking the design of this game. I'm finding it more tense than scary in a lot of moments. It still has scares. There are still moments where I'm like, what? But <laughs> I, I'm finding it a lot more tense. You can't go into the darkness. You have a lighter, but you cannot go into the darkness because it messes with your sanity and your health goes down super fast. There are creatures more a la Silent Hill. And those are the enemies of the game. And your main weapon is a nail gun, at least for where I'm at. I think I'm roughly about halfway, maybe a little mm-hmm. less. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying this game. Like, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm playing the PS5 version, and I decided I kind of want to go for the Platinum. It'll take, like, three or four playthroughs. But once you get it down, to give you an idea, there's a trophy for speedrunning it in under three hours. And the one, uh, the guide I was looking at said, yeah, I, I can beat it in two hours easily. Oh, okay. once you know what you're doing and knowing enemy placement, there are roughly 80 enemies in the game through and through. And, uh, just knowing where they are will make it easier. There's a trophy for beating the game without using any healing. It, it's such a good game. It, I cannot recommend it enough. And I am so sad it took me this long to play it because I got the game last October. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, I'm thankful because I also picked up the PS4 version. I had no idea I still had on pre-order. And so I popped that in, used the PS5 upgrade. So my PS5 copy is still sealed. But it it's such a good game. The last game I want to talk about is a game I pre-ordered back in April. Came out May 12th. My copy finally came like two weeks ago. It is called The Centennial Case, a Shijima story. It is a murder mystery FMV game made by Square Enix. That's just so many different checkboxes for Elijah. It really is. And I am loving it. Basically, the whole idea 
is you play as this writer. She writes mystery novels, and your friend comes at the beginning and says, Hey, we're having a ceremony at the house. It happens once every hundred years. I was wondering if you'd like to come along, but here's the real thing. I want you to maybe look into, there are some bones that were recently found near the house. (laughs) Maybe you can do some sleuthing and just say you're writing a book about the ceremony. And you get there and your assistant hands you a book and says, Hey, this kind of chronicles someone who has gone through this before. And it takes you back to the, was it the early 1900s and kind of uses all the like same actors because in her mind, she's imagining them as like her as the main character in the book. And like all these people that she knows in real life as like the people in her mind as she's reading the book. Okay. So it works out that way. Okay. That's clever. I'll give it that. And it's about solving that murder. And I'm on chapter two now, and there's another murder and I just solved that one. And I am thoroughly enjoying this game so much more than I ever expected. I love FMV games, but this is like top notch. And granted, part of it is probably because it was, you know, published by Square Enix. It probably had Square Enix money, but I'm trying to remember, I read who were like the heads of it. I don't, I want to say it was written by the person who wrote uh, the Zero Escape series. No, oh, the, the, the nonary game. Nonary. I was like, non binary. No, that's not it. That's a different word. Um, which I've heard the, the writing in those are amazing. Uh, the, the person who like directed it is like a famous director who makes netflix shows Mm -hmm. and like it these these are high quality people who made the game so it kind of explains it all yeah just swinging that square enix budget yeah yeah but i i'm absolutely loving it i cannot probably like after the podcast i'm going to be starting chapter three it is everything i didn't know i wanted yeah and i get sucked in there's actually trophies for collecting clues in the mission or like in the chapter that I miss half the time because I'm just watching it and like just engrossed in the story and like the clue will pop up and I'm like not noticing. Right. And then uh, occasionally you'll make a decision as like, oh, should I say this? Should I say this? And at the end, when you get to the end of the chapter, I'm like, all right, time to put clues together and come up with hypotheses and figure this out. So it kind of brings you a board on screen and it will say, for example, uh, why is the mummy important? And it'll go, has like a list of all the scenes that you can actually go back to any of them and press a button and it'll show you that scene again, that scene from it. And it'll have all the clues underneath. Even ones you didn't find, it'll still come up with all of the clues throughout the chapter. Mm -hmm. And then you have to go through and put, this clue goes with this. And this one. And then it'll unlock more questions that you can try and answer until you get to the very end. And it'll say, solve. And the nice thing 
is I'm not the best at this kind of thing, but the clues will match with the question. There will be, it's like a hexagonal, like every, every shape is hexagonal, hexagonal. Mm-hmm. Potato, potato. I think you're yeah. good. Yeah. And whatever, there will be like a sign, like a symbol that's on the question that's on that side. And you can find the clue that has that symbol that matches it on that same side. So it kind of like goes in together. Mm-hmm. Tell them, oh, this this clue goes right here. And that really helps me a lot just because I'm not the best at, wait, would this be considered here? Would I want that in another one? And right. it really makes it much easier. And at the end, you are graded uh, based on how many you you can't fail. Which is nice. Because if you choose the wrong thing, someone will just be like, I don't think that's right. And then she'll be like, wait a second. It's actually. And what then, a real, what a participation trophy detective. It, you got really, there. it really is. And I am so thankful for that. Uh, and just you solving the murder. And before, as I'm, I w- basically, the character walks in the room, the first thing that pops into my head is Michael Scott. There's been a murder in Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it out loud for both chapters one and two so far. <laughs> oh, really? Honestly, as soon as you said Michael Scott, I just immediately thought, I declare bankruptcy. It's <laughs> like, no, you don't just you don't just say you're bankrupt. You can't Michael. just declare it. <laughs> I do um, declare. Is it is it in Japanese or is it in English? So that's the fun thing. So my copy I ordered from PlayAsia, it is a Japanese copy of the game. Mm-hmm. As soon as you boot it up in English, it's like, hey, do you want the language in English or Japanese? Or and I haven't checked any other language, like if it has others or that. Like, do you want it in English or Japanese? English. And do you want the uh di- the subtitles in English or Japanese? And you can choose. Cool. It and it makes it nice because like I I have like an illness with my eyes at the moment. Hopefully it goes away very fast here. And so I can't really read on a screen a whole, whole lot right now because it hurts my eyes. Mm-hmm. So I just have it on English dialogue and it just, I can watch it. So you're wearing aviator sunglasses right now, not just because they look cool, but because it's like a, a medical prosthesis right now, right? 100%. Like yeah. I, I got, I dropped from a doctor today. Woo. Fun fact. Pink eye? No. Pink eye. Uh, what is it? Bacterial meningitis no but something itis i can't con- conjunctivitis I, is it conjunctivitis because all i could think of is conjunction junction once your what's your function i don't, so I don't that, think it's that no but yeah it, i i have that um so reading on a screen right now is just not i mean sorry this is actually a hipaa violation i didn't have to ask you i'm sorry you didn't have to answer either i, I apologize I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care i i don't, I don't give a frack so. Um, so that's what you've been playing. That is what I've been playing. Cool. Really quick. Uh, I played Siphon Filter also. Oh, and I don't the the PlayStation five uh, classic version, right? Like of the yeah. PlayStation one game. The game plays bad. You know, like I remember playing it on PlayStation. I thought it was bad. I have no affinity for that game. So I don't want to sit here and dunk on like a 30 year old game, 25 year old game. What I will say, though, is that the emulation is incredible. Like, the game runs great. 
everything goes super fast. Everything looks really sharp, you know, for better or worse. It, it kind of points out all the flaws of what was done the first time. But like the the UI they added on top of that's really amazing. Like the save state, the rewind feature is just present. And it's awesome. I like shot out the lights just to see if I could. I totally could. And then the room I was in was way too dark for me to see. So I I just paused the game and then I rewinded it to before I shot out the lights and everything was seamless and perfect. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So really, really well done there. That's probably why there's so few games I'm guessing available that and they're also just going to do like a trickle out release schedule for all of them just to be like look five more games you know for playstation added this month you know i assume that that's what they're that, that sounds which like makes sense game. to me yeah uh but the actual just like interface and the emulator they have is really really impressive i haven't played any playstation 2 games though so i cannot speak to those that's awesome though like it, it seems that what they did for them isn't insignificant like yeah. it's not a lot but also it, it it does help, which, yeah, is nice, sure. which is very nice. Now, the next thing I figured we'd talk about is something we haven't talked about yet, and it happened last week. And that is, there was a Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary event. And I was not getting my hopes up, because I'm like, Square Enix likes to make me cry. <laughs> so, I was like, whatever, you know, whatever they show, they show. Maybe they'll show us a little something, maybe not. And then they gave me everything I ever wanted. And I cried, but good tears this time. So they started off by announcing a remaster of Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. Which makes me so happy because that game was stuck on the PSP. Where... I'll, everyone is finally going to be able to experience the story of Zack. Dude, not only was it stuck on the PSP, it was stuck on UMD. You couldn't even yes. buy that game digitally on PSP. You Correct. couldn't buy that game on Vita. It's ridiculous. So it's super nice that's finally coming out. That is coming out on PS4, Switch, Xbox, and PC. Which, for a little bit, I'm like, wait. Why is that coming out on everything? When only PC and PlayStation have the Final Fantasy 7 remake. But then I thought about it. Oh, it doesn't change the fact that like on Xbox and Switch you can play Final Fantasy 7. Mhm. So okay, yeah, it, it goes along with it. Uh but the other thing they gave us, oh, and they also gave us some uh merchandise in the in in the little showing which mm-hmm. I, I knew about the clock beforehand, but I want that clock. And I don't remember which color it is. I think it's the purple one. But uh, each one, it's a different color. And it plays a different song as the alarm. And I yeah. think the purple one might be One Winged Angel. Elijah, I love you. I'm looking at your room. Where the hell are you going to put it? Oh, shut up. Oh, you're going you're <laughs> to move your, move your flight stick? You're going to find some space over there? Actually, yeah. I have to move that flight stick anyhow. I want to put like a couple other things up there, and I was thinking oh. the clock could go up there too. That oh, way, if I... you if you want to move it to my house, I could uh, I could be convinced. I was playing Ace Combat Seven with that thing a few weeks ago, and uh, <laughs> I am not good. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing they gave us was not just a tra- trailer, 
but a release window for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The second part of what they confirmed is a trilogy in the Final Fantasy VII Remake series, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people thought was going to be called Remake 2, but I kind of had a feeling it wouldn't be just because of where the or a lot a lot of people I should say thought it was going to be called remake 2 and wondered how much of the game it was going to cover and if you know if it's just three parts there's no way I'm like well it's more of a sequel but yeah, it's not something we're going to talk about right now uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's more of a sequel to the original game than a remake and i am so excited for this game I can't wait until Square Enix puts an obnoxiously expensive collector's edition up for pre-order. Because, yet again, I will pre-order it. Looking at you, first-class edition cloud on his fen- or, uh, on Fenrir, but on the Hardy Daytona. I I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I like, know nothing about Final Fantasy VII, so that means... That reference you just made means literally nothing to me. I love you so much. You're such a good friend. I don't want you to feel bad. I'm no, honestly, that that's fair. I get it. That means absolutely, like, less I, than nothing. <laughs> I also didn't understand a naming convention that Square is uni- using until I listened to a podcast today. Mm-hmm. So, we have Advent Children, AC. Okay. Before Crisis, BC. Crisis Core, CC, Dirge of Cerberus, DC, DC. Ever Crisis, the new mobile game, EC. So when are we getting FC? Yeah, I I never noticed that before. How much much information was, sorry, was that all the announcements that happened at the... Basically, uh, they showed new trailer for ever crisis the mobile game which is covering the store the stories of it is a turn-based rpg and it's covering original final fantasy 7 advent children before crisis crisis core and dirge of cerberus gotcha dirge of cerberus which is still stuck on the ps2 and before crisis which was a phone game that never came to the states okay um so how how integrated is uh, crisis core to like the new remakes that they're doing right so like they had final we had final fantasy 7 this is great everyone loved it people were super happy then we got crisis core on psp like 10 years later and dirge of cerberus like five years later on ps2 or whatever mm-hmm. and, and you know to, what whatever so like they're they're remaking crisis core but they've already remade final fantasy 7 and changed things right so like mm-hmm. is this new game is this they announced that the final fantasy 7 remake is going to be a trilogy so like is this game important to the yes. story or is it just like an independent remake that's no. more more of a straight remake it is no. much more important now even than it was to the original and even to the original it was rather important but it's even more important now uh, and and they they straight up said it is a uh, remaster for Crisis Core, and I think the biggest thing is they're saying that so you know hey, it is the original game. We're not really going to change much of anything. You're getting the original story, mm-hmm. which is what it kind of needs to be. Okay, but if it's that important, is it really a trilogy or is it a, a quadrology? It is whatever square wants it to be at this point all right 
you, so you know how I feel about Final yeah, Fantasy, yeah, which yeah. is just like I'm I'm new to it basically, right? Gaming is probably my second favorite hobby. My number one favorite hobby is comic books, right? Mm-hmm. And so a couple of years ago, there was this series called Final Crisis, and it was seven issues, right? Mm-hmm. Between issues three and four was a two issue miniseries called Final Crisis Superman Beyond 3D, written by the author of the main series. Now, so much stuff happens in those two issues that inform the last half of that series. That like, I don't understand why it was a separate series. Mm hmm that people would probably miss because it wasn't part of the main series. So it's like, is final crisis a seven issue series or is it a nine issue series? I'm inclined to say it's a nine issue series, maybe even a like 11 issue series. If we count the other tie-ins that like the main author did. So just like, if we're really talking about this, like honestly and earnestly, why isn't this like final fantasy? Like, why wasn't this, is this a prequel? Correct. Yes. Crisis Core is a prequel? Yes. Like, I understand that, like, Final Fantasy VII is, like, the big, the the show, right? Like, that's, like, the the main draw. So I get why they lead with that, but, like, should they have let off with Crisis Core? Like, like, are they being arbitrarily, or, like, organizing this poorly? No. Okay. It is a good thing they did... FF7 remake before Crisis Core mm-hmm. because of certain story beats, which I'm not going to talk about on the podcast in case okay. anybody hasn't played it yet. Um, but you would get enough playing the game without playing Crisis Core, I would think. Mm-hmm. But I, I shouldn't even say good enough. You'll get a, a bit. Maybe not enough. Maybe enough. I don't know. It depends how you look at it. That that that's why it's so hard. Um, sure. You can get away without playing Crisis Core, but also you should play Crisis Core because it goes even deeper than you think. Because but, why not? Okay, but like my my metaphor, my comparison to the comic books, like, am I close? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. And also, you understand where I'm coming from. Yes, I okay. understand completely okay. where you're coming from. It's one of those things you you can just play the series, but it is highly recommended that you play Crisis Core. It's like you 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 can just watch, you know, the Star Wars movies, but it's highly recommended you read some of the books where it's like you don't have to. But okay, for example, there was a certain bounty hunter that showed up in the Boba Fett series. That I'm like, who that? And some uh, yeah. and someone's like, if you watched the, uh, I think it was the, the Clone, Clone Wars, Clone Wars that character is in there, and I'm like, okay. So if I would have watched the Clone Wars, I would have gotten more out of it, including knowing exactly who it was and such. But not watching Clone Wars, I'm like, oh, it's a bounty hunter. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I, I hear you, but like this just feels like a little, a little different, and I don't want to get to into semantics here but it's like why didn't they just call it final fantasy 7 2 when it first came out like when when it was crisis core right like because square enix names okay yeah. this, this was before they did the whole like hey sequel thing like with 10 and 13, 13. this was hey it's an it's a 
a side game in the series. We're giving it its own name. So, you know, like, you don't have to play this one, but it is set in the universe, and it's tied together. But, like, you you don't have to. So stupid. I, I just yeah. keep thinking about that comic book I referenced. I'm like, man, the villain changed. Like, the entire point of the series changed in that two-issue miniseries. And then you just, like, come back, and you're just like... I don't know why he doesn't care about person A right now, and all he cares about is person B. So, and kind of tying into that, now it is much more different than it was before. With original Final Fantasy VII, you, it was like, okay, you, you, you learn some things throughout Final Fantasy VII, and it's not as big a thing to play Crisis Core for the story. Like, hey, you're getting more story, but it's not as big of a thing to the overall Final Fantasy VII story. Right. This time it's very different. Is all I'll say. Okay. All right. All right. But they did say that um, Crisis Core Reunion is what it's called. Crisis Core Reunion is this winter, which I look at as it could be late 2022, but I'm going to guess more early 2023. Mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth which is going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive is going to be next winter so I'm going it so you know late 2023 early 2024 I'm going to lean more on the 2024 side because <laughs> if I, I I refuse to get my hopes up for so wait Rebirth is the second part of the remake yes we probably would have been like a better title for the first one, but okay. All right. Um, are you pissed that they're doing crisis score? And like, that's like the reason you're not getting final fantasy remake part two. As absolutely soon as... not. Okay. Be- because part of it is crisis core. Like I said, like we were saying is stuck on the PSP and specifically stuck on UMD. Not that many people are going to get to play it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I've been one, I've never beaten it. I've been wanting to play it. But now I can play it and get trophies and it's going to look prettier and play better. And I'm completely okay with this. Gotcha. All right. So that is the Final Fantasy seven news that came out. I'm super excited. The last thing I want to mention quick. Skull and Bones got a rating in Brazil, is it? I want to say. The Ubisoft pirate game that came out originally from Assassin's Creed and got spun off into its own thing that is specifically like the pirate ship game that just disappeared for years. And Ubisoft was like, yeah, no, we're still making it. Okay, but where is it? We're still making it. Okay, but where is it? Making it. And that's all we've heard. But now it got a rating. And it got a rating specifically for PC, Stadia, PS5, and the Xbox Series consoles, which means two important things. One, <laughs> Stadia, and two, <laughs> it is a uh, next-gen only game now. I'm still very curious about this game, I'm not going to lie, because the ship parts of the of Assassin's Creed 4 were my favorite part. Mm-hmm. But also... If, you know, with it getting a release or a, a rating, 
means that game is probably closer than we think. Why is Ubisoft not even mentioned, hey, guess what's coming soon? They haven't said anything. They haven't acknowledged this game's existence in like a year. Did That worries me. Ubisoft didn't have like an E3 presentation this year, did they? Nope. They did last year though, right? Yep. That was where we saw the the biking games. <laughs> can't remember. Yes, what it's called. Rider Republic. Rider, I was like, I own that game. I can't I say I know you played that game even. Yeah, I played several hours of that game. Uh, good, forgettable. Uh, what happened to Ubisoft, man? Like, I swear, five years ago, uh, six years ago, maybe I was like, these are hands down the best like third party publishers in in the industry, right? Like, I Honestly, think that was. I think that was right around the time of Origins and like Far Cry 5-ish and some some other stuff. Honestly, that's a very good question that I don't know the answer to either because now a lot of this stuff ended up just... I don't trust their release dates anymore because everything... I don't even their release dates. I don't trust them as a developer anymore. and, And that's partially what I mean because Everything is getting delayed or just non-existent. What games have we heard from them in the last two years have actually come out besides Far Cry 6? Did the the crew 2? The crew 2 came out, but that was like four or five years ago. Um, We think about it. First off, everything they've announced in the past two years except for Far Cry and like Riders Republic is free to play. Tom Clancy's The Division Heartland. Don't know where that's at. That just went into hiding. Tom Clancy's X Defiant went into hiding. Ghost Recon, whatever that like Battle Royale, not Battle Royale looking game. Just went into hiding. Skull and Bones, hiding. Beyond Good and Evil, hiding. Prince of Persia, delayed for the 80th time. Yeah, Hyperscape was delisted too, right? Hyperscape, they completely killed. What, What is going on with Ubisoft? I don't know, and there's no more Rayman on the horizon, which is really all I care about at this and point. The The big thing is, we don't know what's on the horizon. They haven't said anything is on the horizon. That's what's so confusing. What is Ubisoft doing? What what is going on there? It's like kind of, if the closest thing it feels like, I don't know if anyone who's listening watches basketball, but like Phoenix was like the team to beat in the West. And then they just got destroyed in the playoffs in like either second round. Yeah, second round, I think. Maybe yeah, it was a second round where like they they just like didn't show up, you know, like they just completely fell apart. Like, oh, the the engine for their offense was like Chris Paul's a point guard and he just like couldn't do anything. And like Devin Booker just like went cold and like stopped making shots and they're just like, oh, crap, you guys are actually just like one and a half like. Bad players away from not being good, you know, and we thought you were the best. And so it just feels like. It, it it just feels like they lost their gas the past couple of years. And like, I don't want to speculate. I, I assume it has to do with huge, huge turmoil up at the top, right? Like all the, you would think, uh, is it Yves Gilmont? All that yeah, stuff. Yves Gilmont. 
So I assume that's like having some ripple effects, but like is I don't want to sound like too dramatic, but like is their reputation salvageable? Like, yeah, yeah, it really is. But like, are, is the next year and a half really important in salvaging that reputation? Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're and like you said, like, what are they doing? Like, I don't know what I don't know what to look forward to from Ubisoft. Like, I grabbed Rainbow Six Extraction, which also is clearly like a pivot from another game that they had intended, and then they changed. We I think we speculated on this podcast that it was like they were going to call it like quarantine or something, and then the pandemic happened. Yes. That's why they changed it to like the just the ugliest looking like alien creatures that have like so no features. They they didn't really change it. Apparently, the creatures in uh, Siege actually looked pretty similar. Okay, that's weird choice, but all right. So yeah, it, it, this is kind of this feels like make it or break it time for what I would have considered the strongest third party publisher not that long ago. You know, like I liked all their games more than EA games. I liked them. I thought they were making more interesting stuff than Activision. Like I'm I'm talking like strictly like Western third party yeah. publishers. Uh to give you I, an idea. Everything that we know that exists or that Ubisoft has said hey we are making, we don't even have a year for anything. When I say we don't know what's on the horizon, I mean we literally don't even nothing was even announced, hey, 2024. We got this. Literally nothing. Nothing Ubisoft has said they're making even remotely has a, hey, we're targeting this. Nothing. Dead silence. We haven't even heard of a Just Dance this year. <laughs> oh, no. But you know what I mean? Just Dance I know, I know, is the exactly safe bet for Ubisoft. I know what you I know what you mean. It's what just going we- on. Like, I mean, I assume that the pandemic somehow, like, messed them up more than other developers, right? Like, at least that's what it seems like. Like, that's, like... Sure. That That's, like, a top-level answer. And the, the mismanagement happening there with all the sexual harassment cases. Is, is that mismanagement? Yeah. If, 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 okay, if it's, if it's bad management, let's call it bad, what it is. Yeah. Bad people doing bad things. And, being uh, hand- those, and the situation's being handled horribly. Yeah, so it's just like, oh man, this is like a, between that and then like supply issues, uh, stay-at-home orders, uh, quarantine, NFTs. Uh, yeah, oh okay, yeah, NFTs and Web three screwing up everything for whatever reason. People Ubisoft to. quartz. Yeah, and it's just like, oh man, what a, like a perfect like storm of just terrible things to happen all at once. But are they? I need to do some research just to see like what they're valued at now compared to what they were like four years ago. But like, man, we were talking about like acquisitions and corporate consolidation not that long ago on this show. I feel like just like six weeks ago. What a what a vulnerable company for someone to just come up and poach, right? It really is. And it makes me wonder. It makes me hope not. Mm -hmm. But the way everything's going i wouldn't well like 10 years ago they were actively fighting off like a hostile takeover from was it vivendi Vivendi, yeah and it's just like oh man if they had just waited a few years they could have done it now but then it's just like is the brand even worth as much as it was 10 years ago like i doubt it to be completely honest so it's like would they even want to take it over now it's just it's just so weird from the outside to see it's it's like seeing like a really good action movie director just like get into like making like art house music videos and you're like okay this is cool but like man this is not what we came here for you know 
what if Ridley Scott decided, you know what? I like the way Uva Bull likes makes movies. Let's do it that way. Be pretty nuts. I say that as Uva Bull makes a whole bunch of Capcom based movies or uh, a whole bunch of uh, Ubisoft movies, which I and, and Ridley Scott is one of the best directors of all time. Yeah, that would be what a what a heel turn for Ridley. Yeah, I was watching Alien before this. That's why his name popped into my head. But that is everything we have for the night, folks. George, do you have anything you would like to say before we uh, close out for the evening? Yeah, like I like I alluded to at the top. Unfortunately, the Celtics lost the NBA championship, so I am no longer on a bi-weekly release schedule for my comic book podcast, Shortbox Summary. This week, uh, we released an episode where I interviewed indie comic writer Anthony Stokes about his new series, Decay. And we also had a discussion where he put out some feelers for uh, people on his on his super active Twitter account asking what the best comic book movie was and what the most underrated comic book movie was. And we just have discussions. Uh, I drank a lot of wine for this episode because I wasn't expecting to record that night. And then a last minute uh, shift in plans made us record. So I haven't recorded like a drunk podcast like that in a while. I felt like I was in college again. It was was almost nice being back until I was editing it. And then I was just severely embarrassed at how many times I repeated myself throughout that entire conversation. Still a really fun episode, though. Stokes is awesome. So please check out Shortbox Summary. And then next week we'll be uh, on our regular weekly schedule talking about comic books. I cannot wait to listen. Thank you. As for some housekeeping for me, I am going to be starting up a new seasonal based podcast, meaning I'm going to record about three months uh, at a time and putting up. And I'm really excited to get that going. Uh, That'll probably start here within the next couple months. And yeah, that's just a a new podcast in this network to listen to. Another thing uh, last week and a few week more weeks coming up, I will be guesting on another podcast. The Gamers Night Out podcast, uh, a couple of good friends record, and I am hanging out with them for a few weeks. So make sure you give a listen to them. It's a good time, good crew, and good fun. Remember, you can catch us on any podcast source of your choice. Make sure you get your questions in to bit.ly slash frameskipq. Or on our Twitter at FrameSkipPodcast. Uh, you can even send your questions right to me at Local Lizard Man on Twitter. And remember, I stream on Twitch at Local Lizard Man. I normally stream every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evening, but right now I am uh, guesting on that podcast on Sunday evenings. So at the moment, it's just Fridays and Saturdays. But we'll be back to normal in ju- in uh, just a few weeks here. You can find George on Twitter at PurpleBird616. Find Austin at Austin J. Eller. Seth at Seth the 90s Kid. Don't follow him. And trying to think if there's anything else we need to bring up the rear with. Uh, and I, I don't think so. I think, I think we're good for the evening. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of hyper on just medicine right now. So. Probably a good good time to get rolling out of here. George, thank you for hanging out tonight. 
And uh, until next week, you lovely folks. Good night, listeners. Good night.